Briefly, we want to let you know that you'll find the most current legislative updates at the end of this program and after the presentations. My name is John Beethan, a friend of Vance, and the men and women who serve our nation deserve our support today, tomorrow, and always. Please visit Vance today at vanc.me. That's vanc.me. This was recorded on June 16, 2023, at the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce Military Affairs Committee meeting, which takes place on the third Friday of the month at 8 a.m. And all are welcome. This is Jocelyn Grace from Canine Support Teams. donated, so it's not the typical size breed that we see as service dogs, but uh, they do come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, Daisy is trained, and she will likely go with a veteran um, with a psychiatric disability, such as PTSD. Um, uh, one of the things we also work in, in terms of psychiatric disabilities is military sexual trauma. Um, another one is TBI. So all of those things, um, just having the dog as a companion is beneficial. Um, and then these dogs know specific things such as my lap. Um, the podcast won't be able to see this, but Daisy, come up. So it's, it's still considered uh, DPT, which is deep pressure therapy. That doesn't mean that it has to be heavy. That doesn't mean that it has to be uh, weighted in the sense that it's, um, you know, like a, you would expect of a large dog, but just simply her presence here on my lap, I can start introducing other behaviors such as um, start breathing, petting, and getting in a, in a rhythm with her heartbeat and my heartbeat so it can you know, mitigate some symptoms that one might have from PTSD. So that's an introduction of Daisy. Um, about canine support teams. So canine support teams was founded by Carol Rookmore. She's still at the helm. This is our founder and CEO. You see she's in a wheelchair herself. Carol uh, founded uh, canine support teams in 1989. Uh, the mission is to provide specially trained dogs to persons with disabilities to support their personal, social, and occupational independence. And for over 30 years, um, she's been doing this. So um, we, we pretty much treat every type of disability that there is, psychiatric and um, those that have mobility disabilities. Um, she herself was in a wheelchair due to polio. She was struck with polio at age four. So she's pretty much lived her whole life in a wheelchair, so knows firsthand. This is one of our clients with her dog. A lot of words here. I won't go. I won't bore you with all these details. But essentially, um, service dogs are not pets. So while there's value in having a companion, and we do support that as well, sometimes we have a dog that doesn't quite meet the criteria as a service dog. So maybe getting out in public is stressful for the dog. They just and we honor that. If the dog wants to be a dog. Um, we honor that, and so, <laughs> <laughs> so 
we say uh, there's no failures. It's a career change. And so that dog could be a social placement, which uh, some of you have heard the term uh, emotional support dog. There's great value in that. There's some veterans that really could just use a companion. And so maybe that means they're gonna take the dog out for a walk daily and where otherwise they would be more of a recluse and not leave their home. And that gets them out, gets them exercise, gets them in the sun. Um, so that's beneficial. So we have the PAWS program that offers um, those types of dogs for a service dog or for a social placement. Our dogs start out with puppy raisers for the first year and a half of their life. My slides are slightly out of order, so I want to preface it with, with this first is that um, we definitely depend on volunteers for this. So if you yourselves or you know somebody that's interested in, in supporting us, one of the best ways you can do that is being a puppy raiser. So that would mean you'd receive the dog at anywhere from eight weeks to six months is when we sometimes receive our puppies. And you take the dog everywhere you go. You take it to work, you take it to the store, you take it to restaurants. Um, you also come to our classes at least twice a month at our facility in Marietta. We also do outings um, anywhere from LA to San Diego, we'll have outings. It's usually focused in our area of Marietta. Um, and what we're doing is we're, we're socializing these dogs in areas where anybody would normally go. We all go to restaurants, we all go to the grocery store. So the dog has to get used to those automatic doors. The dog has to get used to riding in the car. The dog has to get used to the shopping cart over those yellow bumps yeah. <laughs> that make those noises that for most dogs that would be quite startling. And these dogs just, that's just normal everyday life. They've done it a million times. Um, once the dog reaches about a year and a half is when it goes into one of our prison programs. So this is one of our inmates. This here is Clover, she's doing a retrieval. Um, our program in CIW was the first in the state of California over 20 years ago. We still have that program. This gentleman is in CIM, it's the California Institution for Men in Chino. We also have the, um, our third program is the California Rehabilitation Center. So we've got three prison pup programs where the dogs go and they train in advanced task work. So these dogs are learning, uh, typically it's, it's around three different tasks. Retrieval, we all know, and that's for anything. Um, keys, your cell phone, medication, um, tug and nudge are things that, you know, it, we just put on cue what dogs do naturally. So when I say the dog is working, it's doing dog behavior. So we've all seen dogs with a tug, they wanna pull on it, we use that behavior that they love and, and they enjoy to put it on cue. So this then becomes uh, an apparatus that gets fitted on cabinets, doors, uh, drawers, and we teach the dog tug. And then we teach the dog nudge and they also learn to open and shut. Also refrigerators. So we pair that with tug, nudge, retrieval, and they can get water out of the fridge. They can get medicine out of a cabinet. So all of those behaviors work in conjunction with a chain of behaviors to support the person with a disability. Our Pause for Wounded Vets program, it, it allows us to provide uh, service dogs for veterans at no charge. They don't pay an application fee, they don't pay for the dog, they don't pay for the training, and that's for the life of the, uh, of the dog and then successor dog. So uh, at the time, 
you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Dogs don't live as long as us. So we've been around for over 30 years. That means we have clients that are now on their third successor dog. Some going towards, we're probably one of the only organizations that has clients that are looking at their fourth uh, service dog. So, um, you know, that's, I've, I've got clients on the waiting list that, that they've had three dogs with us. So um, when a dog reach, re reaches retirement, it's usually in the eight to 10 year range. Technically a dog is a senior at age seven. So that's when we start having those conversations and making sure that the dog is uh, still agile enough to jump in and out of the car, still comfortable in public spaces. Um, those are things that we look at to make sure that the dog is still um, enjoying its work and um, comfortable doing so. Once it reaches the age where, during what we call a public access test, that um, the dog is maybe like showing little signs of slowing down, we might say, let's reduce your outings to maybe three times a week. Let's not go every day. Let's leave the dog home uh, a couple days a week. And then we may reach the point where it's, you know, let's honor this dog. It's served its time. It's time for this dog to just enjoy its life as a pet. And at that time, they have the opportunity to either get a successor dog while they still have their service dog, or they can wait until the dog passes on and when they're ready and you know, their, their grieving has, has passed to a point where they're, they're ready to receive another service dog, they'll receive that next service dog at no charge. So all fees are waived um, for the uh, service dog. We're, we're working on getting funding, and I think this is gonna happen this year, for veterans, say, that maybe live, um, maybe live in San Diego, and they're gonna come to our training facility in Marietta. And this is for two weeks. That's a lot of driving back and forth for that veteran. So we're working on funding to either provide for the gas, which we all know is astronomically expensive. And for those of us with disabilities, maybe we're not working because we have this disability. That's a huge burden on that person. And so we're working on funding to support them to get that paid for as well as uh, possible lodging. Do we know approximately what the cost of the two week, the travel lodging meals activities and all would be if we were to fund something? Um, you know, for, for travel, it, it depends if they're going to be driving. If they're going to be driving, that's probably going to be about $50 a day um, for about a 100-mile uh, radius. And if it's for lodging, that's probably going to be uh, – we've worked with some of the hotels locally. They do sometimes offer us a discount. But you're looking at about a $500 to $1,000 um, uh, cost for that veteran to, to have lodging for those two weeks. Um, the house directly across from us just sold, and we understand it's going to be an Airbnb. So I'm excited for that to be an opportunity for us, for them to be so close, too. So that will, that will be great if they can give us a discount. Um, this is one of our uh, veterans with his service dog, Cassette. Um, so, you know, as I mentioned before, um, these dogs also have a benefit socially. So just even as an icebreaker, some of our veterans with PTSD really struggle out in their environments. And so what might seem innocuous to all of us, um, there's little things that could be triggering for them where they struggle in social contexts. So sometimes the dog works as a great icebreaker to just have a normal conversation. Um, and it's not necessarily about their disability. It's like, oh my gosh, look at that cute dog. Um, oh, do you want to meet her? This is Daisy. 
And so they don't have to really talk about themselves, their disability, they can just talk about the dog. And then that experience over time we found um, from interviewing our veterans that their experiences over time socially are more and more positive. So you're creating that, that muscle memory in the brain that every time I go in public, I have a good experience versus a stressful experience. So we're happy for that. Um, the first step is completing the application. Um, on our website uh, for our podcast listeners, it's uh, CST, I'm sorry, canine support teams.org. Uh, and you would uh, go to where you click on apply and it's going to take you to our digital application now. Those of you that have um, seen our application before, it was a PDF, and it, a lot of our veterans found that challenging and difficult because they see the number of pages, and if you know anyone that has that type of a, um, I don't want to, like an anxiety with paperwork, and a lot of them do, it's sometimes a barrier for them. So I'm really happy we moved to this digital form because it, it just makes them, it makes the process a lot easier for them. Um, we can still receive it by mail, so if you have someone who feels uncomfortable in the digital world, they feel like, oh, I'm nervous about using the computer about that, they can call us, 951-301-3625, um, and they can share their um, mailing address with me, and I will mail them a, a PDF, and they can fill it out by hand. Uh, I'll open up to any questions. I feel like I talked really fast. How many select the dogs on their puppies? How do you know what so, breed is it or certain breeds you go to? There are certain breeds that we prefer. So obviously retrievers, it's in their name. Um, mm -hmm. They're naturally inclined to do this type of work. So golden retrievers and Labrador retrievers are some of the more commonly ones that we used. Um, and the combination of those, so I could have like a golden lab mix we do have a number of clients or their family members that have allergies or sensitivities to dog hair or the dander. So standard poodles also have proven well as uh, service dogs and um, mixes of that. So a golden, we've seen the golden doodles, labradoodles. Um, we've had some success with those breeds as well. Uh, the first thing we want to look at is their temperament. So even though it's a golden retriever, we want to make sure that it's um, Golden Retrievers love everybody and they think everybody should love them. And so <laughs> that can be an issue if it's, if it's soliciting too much. Um, we want it to serve the person, not the community. <laughs> um, and so for that particular dog though, we do place facility dogs. And so if we have a dog that's overly friendly, that makes sense for uh, maybe a school, maybe a fire station, maybe a police station. Um, and we place the dog you know, in that service. Um, another temperament that we look for is, the, you know, the drive to work. They really, our dogs love to work. Um, we have veterans who, if they have primarily psychiatric disabilities, they don't need all of the task work that the dog is trained to do. We still encourage them to, you know, have them switch on your lights, <laughs> have them search for things for you because the dog loves to do that type of work. All of our dogs are trained in the same way. They're all trained the same task work. The way that we match them is how, how skilled are they in that task work for the person that needs it. So while this dog might be you know, it's unlikely she's going to be able to retrieve your hydro flask <laughs> due to its size and its weight. 
but um, she's already she's learned to retrieve certain things, so it's good to keep her sharp, and she loves doing those types of things. So. <laughs> Any other questions? How many dogs do you would you say you train over a period? So we've got we've got just over a fifty percent success rate with our dogs. So um, you know, for ten dogs that make it, there's going to be ten dogs that don't make it in the service dog world, and so. Um, those dogs, we, uh, we do have to career change, whether that be in a social placement, which is most ideal. We work with Make-A-Wish Foundation, and they don't do service dog. They only do social placement, and so that's usually a good partnership to have. Um, and most, 100% of the time, actually, it's with young children um, with disabilities. So these are children that are... They're, they're at a stage in their disability where they require so much help that it's really not reasonable that the dog would add to that. It just, it's just fun for the family to have that well-behaved dog. Um, so for us, our goal is always about 20 to 25 dogs per year. So we're going to go through at least 50 dogs every single year in different stages of training. So we've got dogs that are with puppy raisers. We have dogs in the prison. Um, we've got dogs at our facility, so they're kind of rotating in different stages of their training um, for, for whatever purpose they're, they're geared towards. And where does your funding come from? Our funding comes from, uh, we have a grant through the federal government. Um, that's our main grant that we get that provides us uh, the funding for service dogs for veterans. Um, we also seek out locally where... Um, San Manuel Band of Indians has provided a, 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 a funding for us in the past. Um, our local uh, uh, SoCal Gas we're partners with. Um, so locally we look for grants and then also just fundraisers. Jocelyn uh, is our marketing, so she's often doing, uh, we're gonna work on a walk-in wag. We hope you'll all participate. That'll be later in the year. <laughs> um, of course, bring your dogs and uh, we'll have some fun t-shirts. So. We do little fundraisers. We like to call ourselves like the professional can rattlers. So <laughs> uh, our goal is that nobody has to pay a huge fee. If someone um, is not a veteran, the fee is 9500 However, we do create a, a campaign on our website so people can share that through social media and other outlets. And we've never had an issue with someone not being able to raise the money um, for the fee. So. But you can see how um, 9500 for uh, civilians and to veterans, so you can see how they support the veteran community so thoroughly. And I've never heard of all my years of doing this that of anyone who lets them go through the second, third, and fourth dog um, as part of a program. So yeah. that's an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. So many, many years. They were around. Are there <laughs> any other questions or comments? Or? Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs>